Hi, and welcome to another interesting edition of the Aryaka Dreamers and Doers podcast, where we invite thought leaders and practitioners from all over the world to come share their views and best practices. I'm your host, Shashi Kiran, and I'm very privileged to have with me today, Balaji Aravamuthan, who's a global CIO of UPL as our featured guest. He's joining us all the way from Mumbai, which is both the financial as well as the film capital of India. UPL, Bollywood. <laughs> UPL is formerly known as United Phosphorus Limited. It's an Indian multinational company that manufactures chemicals of all kinds and also offers crop protection solutions for agriculture. We're also very proud to have them as a customer of Aryaka Networks. With that, Balaji, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Shashi. It's my pleasure. When we had this discussion before, I realized that you are this very versatile thought leader, tech practitioner who can really talk about a variety of different topics. And so for purposes of this episode, we said we will really discuss this notion of global workforce trends. So keeping that in mind, let's start off first by you talking a bit about UPL and your role there. Yeah, sure. I think with the new purpose of open ag, UPL is striving for sustainability in agriculture. I think we moved a long way from what we were before to what we are now today. We are at present fifth largest crop protection company globally with a revenue of 5 billion and more. We are present in 138 plus countries and have 90% access to the global market. I think that's where the key is. And my role is very simple. My role as a global CIO is to align technology for business purpose, as simple as that. I'm constantly trying, striving to make leaders. And in that journey, I'm fortunate to be associated with so many leaders. And when leaders are there, and your job is relatively simple. And that is what I'm enjoying at present, Sashi. Well, Balaji, you're the first global CIO who I've spoken to who said his role is very simple. Yeah. So there must be something that you're doing that's right. You know, in general, I've looked at your career and I've seen that you're a chartered accountant by education. Yeah. But you're an information technologist by profession. In other words, you made the switch from numbers to bits and bytes. So what was that journey like? Yeah, so you can, you can say that, you know, I'm a misguided bird also. What is important is when I completed my chartered accountancy, I realized that, you know, technology is going to be everywhere. And I was getting energy when I was doing some projects on technology. Then I realized that, okay, why don't I do this? And I also realized that there were so many jargons around in technology. And there are so many people who are talking on technology without understanding the technology. So I felt that, okay, why don't I start from scratch to understand bits and bytes of technology and also travel from there on each and every place so that I can talk to business people in business language and I can talk to technology people in technology language. I try to play the role of a sort of an interface between these two. And then that is making me even kicking today. That's a very interesting journey because I do know some technologists are allergic to finance and the other way around. And you really need a good interface sometimes to simplify things. So Balaji, uh, you know, your title itself has the role of global in it. And I know your role as a global mandate. But I thought we could perhaps start off with some trends in India. And you're obviously in Amchi, Mumbai. India, is, as we know, has one of the highest populations of the young demographics in the world, many of whom are very tech savvy and driven really by apps. So when you look at this young crowd, this huge workforce, 
how do you see technology adapting to you know their needs what kind of impact are you seeing their expectations have on the traditional em- enterprise and as a cio you know do you do anything for this gen z gen y workforce if you will yeah i think gen z is the most appropriate one and i have two at my home okay let me start from there right as a father i agree they are for a tech savvy and driven by apps okay and uh, let us face it and we have more to learn from them in that context and they are also undergoing tremendous pressure compared to what we have experienced at our time this new workforce are highly knowledgeable demanding and at the same time easily get bored you know it's interesting to know how they are selecting a particular thing for example if i ask them what do you like probably you will say that okay i like this i don't like this okay but they go with the theory of elimination first they will tell what they don't like and thereby they will they will get into what they like i think that's how i i figured it out how gen z is playing their mind and it's it's not right wrong but this is how that they are tuned i could see that and in a typical enterprise we have to have the combinations of all types of people right and it's important and i get more energy when i'm talking to more gen z people we cannot afford to manage them in a traditional way in this era of digitalization and also uh, the gap between internal employee and an external consultants are becoming thinner and thinner as we progress on right and the problem resolutions can, can happen from anywhere in any corner work from home today actually really proved that very successful i believe we are all moving from full employment to part time employment or purpose driven employment and that is where the gen z is now started asking so many right questions am i associated with the right purpose etc i think it's important that we need to guide them appropriately this gig employment is helping the organization and also individuals right we are we are also living and then you say that okay this is the problem can you all please come and then do this they will come and then solve the problem and then go so you need not have to have to have the traditional mindset of employer employee relationship anymore hence i would say that we are in the reflection inflection point of defining the new workforce and uh, the word employee may vanish over the period the way consultants may vanish over the period probably we will say that okay what is the job and what is the responsibility and there are so many platforms are going to evolve that's what i foresee in the near foreseeable future hasashi wow you really packed a lot of different dense thoughts into that and i could dissect each one of them balaji but there were a couple of things that you mentioned that i thought were very pertinent one was the fact that you said you are also learning from the gen z's which meant it wasn't a one way street right i think as a enterprise you need to accommodate their expectations their needs as much as you trying to bring them into your mold of thinking and it's a two way street the second thing that you mentioned that deeply resonated with me was this notion of purpose driven i think it's a question of associating one's identity and purpose and then looking at a job that makes sense and is more fulfilling that way you know my dad was in the bank he joined the bank and he retired from the bank after a 35 or 40 year tenure they never thought about the jobs and careers in the way that we did and i can see i i have gen z's at my home as well they kind of mirror what you talked so it's very interesting because you also mentioned about the boundaries blurring and i see that in the context of businesses as well as consumers right there is this notion of instant gratification on demand that as a consumer we've started to expect and that may be also reflected in gen z so as a cio how are you kind of factoring in those expectations the instant gratification how do you bring 
much more maturity into all of these processes. Instant gratification should be a natural process, right? You should not trust that. As I said before, I'm learning because when you unlearn certain things, probably you are open to new ideas and new thoughts. And young generations are with so many new thoughts and ideas, right? I think we need to, we need to do that. Since I talked about the gig employment, let me give some industry specific. Look at the way that aero industry is undergoing this type of struggle because of COVID. Look at the retail industry, the type of struggle that they are undergoing based on necessities and other stuff. And there are many, many technology which is supposed to be the stalwarts in their own areas are struggling. And when we are all struggling with those fundamentals, then the question will be how we can reduce our fixed cost. Right. And how can we make more and more variable cost towards it? So now I'm just wearing the hat of charter accountancy. You need to, you need to bear with me for that. When, when fixed cost needs to get reduced, and then when we are associating that with purpose driven, okay, this is my problem. This is what that I'm going to solve. And this is what today that I'm addressing. Okay. Who can help me in solving this? And that makes it. And the, you know, the Uberization of the world is what? This is, this is exactly what has happened in Uber side of it, right? You take people and what they own is typically the platform, right? The car is owned by somebody. The driver is somebody else. And the technology is be the uh, hub of entire stuff. And the people may come and then they say, that today I don't want to work. And I want to spend some more time on this. Then, then they can go and then do their work. The same thing can happen in every organization. I think we are heading towards that inflection point is what I'm, I'm referring to, right? And need is the mother of invention. And this is the problem statements that we have. And this is the solution that we could possibly have. Probably it is time that we need to merge this together. And then this will pave way for new way of living, a new way of employment. That's what I could foresee as, as I perceive it as in probably 2020. A little nostradomic, but but I'm just sharing my point of view here, Sashi. That's very forward thinking and at the same time, very relevant to the here and now. It's a very interesting paradox. So Balaji, I think you talked about this Uberization, which is essentially the consumerization of the enterprise in some ways. But we're also seeing... There's so much information sharing that's happening with the variety of social media platforms. Everybody's personal life, what they do is out there for everybody else to see. And this Gen Z is even more open and transparent about a lot of things. When you bring that into the workplace where privacy, data protection are all so very important, what kind of you know government's models do you actually start to put into place to accommodate you know this balance of having to share information and yet protect the crown jewels. Yeah, it's it's a big topic, right? When we are challenging the core, when we are in that paradigm shift that we are talking about, and so many data, you know, data is everywhere. Data is, you know, how many times we must have heard this data is 20th century lying, right? So when we are in that zone, we have two, three dimensions which is clearly coming out. One dimension is, okay, what are the new possibilities? Whatever Earlier, people considered as, you know, so-called MIS or so-called reporting is no more becoming relevant now. And we are almost on time every time. You know, it's, it's dynamically changing. And uh, what you consider as leader in one particular point of time may not be leader probably three years down the line. That's the shorter life cycle that we are anticipating. In that scenario, wherein if data is going to be so much powerful, 
there is also a lot of regulations and then privacy regulations are also coming up almost every country in the world now with privacy laws in place so the key here is where is that trade off okay which data is right data for the right purpose and which data is right data for wrong purpose you know sometimes people can misuse the data what we have seen during the election time you know we have we have seen so many incidents around it so we need to be mindful how will we use the right data in the right time so that it helps the humanity for good i think that's where we need to be very much the, the purpose driven i was talking about before is also coming in now right if we, if we start misusing the data and the data is going to help only few and which is going to help in disparities across the globe i think that's something we should avoid right so these are all the thing which is available today but we need to see to that that we are using the right data for right purpose and you know we also respect the privacy of the individuals and also respect the privacy of the organizations and also privacy of the society and also privacy of the country and privacy of the globe as a whole there is a not for lot to learn from the gen z in that context and also we need to leave our footprints properly when we are giving to the next generation it should not so happen that you know we completely screw the entire world and then and then end up with so many you no know, problems that's not the right thing while this technology this data driven orientations and the art of possibilities are abundant unless we put some right framework right thought process and right governance model then then probably you know it will be more like a car with only accelerators and not brake so we are bound to get dashed as soon as possible so we need to be mindful there are many things which is coming up responsible ai responsibility rota those type of stuff and how will i make purpose on ai to come on board etc etc so that's still you know in a way a theoretical and the people are using it only for forum to speak about it but they are still not putting that into actionable item but i believe it is high time that we need to put that in an actionable item and thereby you know we yeah, future environment much more better you know one thing corona i think taught every one of us is to you know stay humble and also see to that that how can i make the next generation better how will i make this world a better living place i think these are all the thing which is really there and if we are able to use technology for this right purpose and whatever that we are attempting i think we are we are good to go that's what i would believe sushi yeah it's a mindset change also in some ways as much as it's a technology shift i agree segue to what i was planning to ask you next which is really about this all notion of the pandemic and how it has impacted you know cios such as yourself we've been going through it for a year and as we are recording this particular broadcast i see the second wave happening with mumbai being the epicenter in india so how are you dealing with this and what kind of changes did you need to make to look at it as business as usual scenario we all know safety is first i think it's important we need to behave responsibly you are right second wave is already on and i could see more and more number of cases and then hospitals are full and people are really there while we do have the ray of hope around uh, you know vaccinations but the end should quickly meet the means right i think if it is not then we may have some disaster uh, on the way which we need to be mindful so to that extent um, you know safety first and everyone understands and we need to be responsible in that content so naturally we have made the entire uh, essential operations so we are coming under the essential categories so, to that extent we are fortunate to be in this industry at this particular point of time unlike other sector of industry it is worsely affected because of pandemic 
but it also makes us more because we are coming into the essentials category which means that we need to ensure that the essentials are given to the right people so we talked about sustainability we talked about food assurance we talked about scarcity so those things can happen only if you are ensuring our work properly so what we have done is effectively from you know we are 40 manufacturing locations across the globe with almost 130 offices across the globe suddenly it has become almost you know 20000 offices across the globe right so that's where uh, we are 20000 people who are working including employee and consultants put together so which means we also need to be mindful okay in this overnight we call as disaster management sustainable disaster management if i can use that word much more better way that really helped us to see to that that okay how will i make people accessing anywhere anytime but at the same time they are also getting security in the right manner you know while we are working overtime the hackers are working double the overtime right so we need to be mindful of that i'm not sure why they are doing like this but it is not the time for any hackers to work on but you know the reality is the hackers are working overtime right so we need to ensure that how will they how will we protect our own people in such a way that and how will we make our fundamental operations better you know it's very easy to you know put this philosophical statement but very difficult to put that in practice for example there may be so many dynamic changes between within the country within that state you talked about maharashtra state and within that locations there are there are many rules and regulations are getting changed and then government is taking those type of calls and we need to be open enough to adapt to that particular change and still able to achieve that sustainability what we are pursuing for which means we can have global governance but we need to have distributed empowerment right i think that's the new uh, architecture that we are we are heading towards as a globe if you are in the position to do that and then local empowerment will make the local people to take the right decision which is right for the organization and also subject to the overall the law of the land which is at that particular point of time. there are so many dynamic changes are happening suddenly they may say that okay from 6 to 6 tomorrow it will not operate so if if you are getting into those type of scenario then then we need to we cannot put a you know global policy and then say that no our global policy says like this. since things are dynamically changing how much frugal can we be and how much dynamic can we be and how much empowered organization can we be these are all the opportunity before us and understand this situation much more better and then understand okay what is the best way to reach the desired destination what is the earliest point of time in the given constraint that we are talking about and it is altogether a different supply chain network problem manufacturing problem how do we ensure that all the physical safety and security is are getting you know addressed how do we ensuring you know the social distancing norms and other things are there is there any way that i can use technology to ensure those type of things can be done on a quick manner you know all these thought process has to be embedded in this global policy with uh, local empowerment i think that's where that we are heading towards fortunately last one year we were able to do and since we have been preparing for this as an organization right i think uh, this is more like an acid test for us you know to pass through as we speak touchwood you know we were able to achieve whatever we want to achieve for this last year and also you know we made people realize that you know technology overnight has moved from important to vital i think that's that's what covid has done that 
and and we are now in the vital zone which makes each and every set of things are to be addressed in that manner it is supposed to be addressed and thereby you know it's more like a oxygen for the organization to go through and that's something that we are trying to do so to that extent we are becoming double essential services already the company is in essential service and we are essential service to the company so we are in essential essential services if i can say that so sashi yeah that's very well put and i think there are a lot of people that depend on companies such as yourselves particularly since you're focused on agriculture and you know it's a huge influence that you end up having in terms of the technology and the population yeah you mentioned something that really fascinated me and that was really about how a few offices went into becoming 20000 offices essentially every employee became an office of one and i want to kind of tie this to this philosophy of technology and human collaboration if you will right in some ways we're investing in technology to allow humans to collaborate better but then what i also see in tying this back to our gen z's the more technology the mobile phones they have they all become independent unit atomic units of one instead of collaborating in person they're much better collaborating virtually so how do you see this uh, panning out over the next like, little while human relationships at stakes with technology or you see it uh, allowing better human collaboration yeah i think we should not get mixed up with these two words one is communication another is relationship while technology certainly helps in communication but it may not help in relationship right you know philosophically speaking as long as gadgets are under our control we can continue to be human and certain and it is certainly dangerous if you are under the control of gadgets right we all agree that technologically we can certainly connect but it is up to us humans to ensure that we ensure relationship no technology can guarantee relationship immersive tools are enablers and uh, if we use even when we have physical proximities then we lose the essence of relationship i've seen people you know who are doing the message from bedroom to hall some message like this then that is that the way that the technology is supposed to be used as long as we understand the power of technology and we use it with the right intent i think we are good to go we should not forget we are all social animals first and not social media animals if i can say that so <laughs> and that essence of the core essence of social animal thinking should not be missed and uh, that bondage is only making us much more stronger and today if you ask me in reality people are everywhere so technology is certainly helping them time zone is no more a challenge and you and i are conversing in across the geographies as we speak so it's it's a great tool and great enabler and we should use it to enhance our relationship which technology can not do only humans can do right i think we need to we need to ensure and understand these two difference between communications and relationship and then if you are able to put the right impetus in the right manner i think we are good to go i am not cynical here for technology because there are so many things i have written about technology i am the one you know who would like to embrace technology to the fullest but at the same time nothing can meet uh, beat human relationship we should not miss that core is what i would say as a topic here that was very well articulated balaji and i think uh, we sort of got the quote for the podcast itself when you talked about us being social animals and not social media animals which is very very true but before we wrap up i kind of want to 
look back on your career, you've obviously been at several big name companies where you've instituted change and brought in several new things during your uh, career, SAP, Piramal, Reliance. So what still excites you? Are you kind of uh, bored with technology? Are you still excited with technology? Where do you stand? Yeah, I'm, I'm a student. I'm excited, right? And I'm a student even today. Every month I ensure that I do have some sort of certifications one for all. Not that I need to prove a point to somebody else, but it makes me relevant. There are, there are many inflection points in my career. Now, look, in the technology, I'm sure you are also in the technology space. Let me articulate, on an average, four to five years, there is bound to be one life cycle within a technology. And uh, I've been almost two and a half decades experience. I could see that I must have gone some six or seven life cycle within the technology. In an ever-changing technology space, every one of us can only be a student, right? And I, I'm not an exception, right? Continuous learning is still excites me, and we are reaching towards the culmination of connected, integrated platforms of man and machines. You name it, there are so many things are bombarded in this current day context. This month, I think March 4th, not this month, last month, I think March 4th, March 5th, I think uh, Flutter 2.0 is released, you know, which connects the unified experience of web, Android, iOS, which is considered to be the three big things as we uh, progress. And there are, there are many things around technology space, that, you know, whether it's on JS, whether it is on mobility, whether it is on uh, machines, related things on IOTs and other stuff. There are, there are so much things to learn and it makes us so humble because there is a lot to learn. And today, if you ask me, are you bored? No way. As long as I'm, I'm a student, I can never be bored of this. I can assure you that continuous learning is my continuous excitement. That much I can tell you that, Sashi. Well, Balaji, thank you for that. People who are students for life are always an inspiration for me. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground today, right? And I really enjoy the conversation. And as a follow-up, I would love to have you in for a, another segment where we could discuss some more exciting technologies that are emerging around automation, AI, and their impact on society, if you're game for that. Sure, sure, we should do that. So we would uh, certainly love hosting you for that segment. Thank you again for your time today. And uh, folks, that was Balaji Arvamutham, Global CIO at UPL. And that's a wrap for this podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Sashi. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.